listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. Welcome to another episode of Splash. I'm Shalene Bryan here with my buddy Barbara Cameron. Hey, everyone. Ready to splash you with a little love, laughter, and encouragement to rehydrate your soul. And today is a rehydration day for oh me. Oh, my okay? goodness. Because this is so true, what yes. I'm about to say. Anyone probably listening, our, our Splash family, mm-hmm. that professes to have God in their life, you know, would have to say, yeah, God is a God who's wise. I mean, he has right. wisdom. His words in the Bible are profound. His love is eternal, right? right? right. All those things I would absolutely agree with. Mm -hmm. 100%. You would agree with it? Yes, Yes. absolutely. So what happens then when his word is used in the wrong mouths? Ooh. Like, like mm. that's a higher calling. Yeah. Like even when I'm out speaking, I just I just got back from a big event in Pensacola. Shout out E Women, right? Mm-hmm. And it's easier for me to go sell, you know, Arbon or something. God doesn't <laughs> judge me. But when you put His name right. in your mouth, mm-hmm. I remember Francis always telling me this when I started speaking. He gave me that list. He's like, you know, Shalene, do you even love the people you're about to speak to? Mm-hmm. Do they desperately need to hear what you have to say? Yes. Are you relying on your own clever tricks and comedy? Right. Are you accurate with Scripture? That's right. right? Mm-hmm. And then he says, are you applying what you're sharing in your own life? And that's something I I read that list every time I'm going to take a mic Mm -hmm. because there's a bigger responsibility because I have the name of Jesus on my lips, right? right. So what happens, this is why I'm so excited about our guest, and you just got to meet her. I know. I'm so bummed. I was in Mississippi. (laughs) I missed it. But when you are growing up in a culture and your family and everyone you know tells you this is the way, what happens? And they're using the name of God, the most famous name in all the earth. What happens? So, buddy, I'm going to throw mm. the stick to you now to introduce our guest because <laughs> we're going to have her unpack this for us together. Well, I'm very excited to introduce our guest this morning. She is not only beautiful on the inside, but just beautiful on the outside. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's an author, uh, obviously, and a speaker. I just and, finished uh, her book, yeah, by yeah. the way. I know, I do too. I, I know, I finished and, it on the plane from Mississippi. I gave it to somebody already. <laughs> it's so good. I actually downloaded the Audible, and I, I love hearing her read it. Yeah. I'm just such an Audible listener. Mm. When I read a book book, and the book cover's gorgeous, by the way. She has a hard cover on her book. Yes. But I fall asleep. Yeah. I put that thing in on the plane. I couldn't turn it off. Yeah. I'm in yeah. the rental car. Yeah. I'm yeah. Go- I mean, it's yeah. so yeah. good. Yeah. So I actually met her on Takeaways. Kirk had her on his oh, show okay, okay. as a guest. And Yay. I just fell in love with her. And her husband was there as well. And oh my Jeremy. gosh, Jeremy. Yes. And he is just the bomb. <laughs> I mean, I just loved everything about what I've learned about him and how he came alongside her oh. to just unpack the Bible yeah. in a different way than what she had learned. She she appeared on, you know, her family's hit TLC yes, show, right. 19 Kids and Counting. I think she was number six, that's right. by the way. I love what she says in her book. She's like, you know, her parents believed in however many kids you're... <laughs> Luckily, I hadn't read that verse. Um, however many kids God wants you to have and 19 Kids and Counting. And so she was, she's was she been on TV yes. since, you yes. know, she popped out of the womb. Right. So please welcome Ginger with a J, Duggar, Wolo. Wolo. To the Splash Zone. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us in the Splash Zone. I am so glad to be here with you. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you're living in LA now. We yes. could have actually had you in the studio. Yes. I know. I didn't I even so realize that to next not be time. In person, so yeah. next yes. time. Next time we'll have to make it happen. And then we can take you to lunch after and do a little yeah. shopping. <laughs> I just want to buy you a pair of pants after I read the book. <laughs> <laughs> a pair of leather pants, actually. She actually has a pair. <laughs> I love it. That's so great. <laughs> you, your book, I mean, the title of the book is just, it's it's amazing, Becoming Free Indeed. And the detangling, you know, of our faith and disentangling, how, how the story that you share in your book and how honest and transparent you are. And I'm telling you right now, if you're not big readers and you live in LA, we drive everywhere, download the Audible because mm-hmm. she personally reads it. And Ginger, it was... It's so amazing mm-hmm. to see how God can stoop down from heaven and he sees you, he sees your heart, your family. You couldn't have been more honoring in your book. Mm-hmm. It's not a Jerry Springer show, but the truth is the truth is the truth, right? The most loving thing is an absolute truth that comes only from God because we're so fallible. Mm-hmm. We can be right. deceived. Mm-hmm. We can be uh, tons of things. That's right. But take us back for you because you, you're so honoring. <laughs> I mean, I'm reading your book and I'm like throwing things that, you know, uh, and I'm thinking, but you were just so honoring at how you, you let God be the hero of the story mm-hmm. through your whole book. Mm-hmm. And, and even over some of your insecurities, which everyone has, by the way, hello, listening, and to say, I'm going to trust God, not only with my happily ever after, but even with things that I'm unhappy with about myself, mm-hmm. or that I don't even know why I do. I'm still going to mm-hmm. trust God with that. It's a blind faith, right? Mm-hmm. That it talks about. Mm-hmm. But share with our listeners your journey in how you finally got to the point in your life because it's such a beautiful love story and also your brother-in-law which of all people mm-hmm. like right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's so neat to know in a big family how you kind of have a bestie yeah you know yes. <laughs> I love hearing that about Jessa I want to meet her too yeah she's great yeah but how how is that fear from your own flesh right literally catapulted you with your faith in such a major way that you would write a book that is this epic? Man, I'm telling you, it was so interesting from day one of like me thinking about writing a book. I I just wasn't sure what format I wanted to go about writing this sure. story. I said maybe, a, maybe just um, on my own podcast that I had for a while, um, I thought maybe I could share the story in a podcast version or I just didn't know what to do with this because I I grew up under teaching that was, there was a teacher I followed who claimed to have all of the answers to life's problems. Which sounds and amazing. By the way, yeah, everyone listening is like, where do I go? Easy, where do I sign up for that? Yeah. yeah, it's such an easy black and white thing for parents, and especially like it happened in the 60s and 70s whenever Parents were freaking out about their kids running off into sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And so they said, let's just have this solution. It's a one-size-fits-all guarantee for success for your family. And so instead of the Bible being sufficient for how you're supposed to raise your kids and and parents even having differences on some things where the Bible doesn't, it's not so clear. Well, Bill Gothard came on the scene saying, no, I have the guarantee. I am going to be... If you bring your kids to my seminars, I'm going to be able to give them the steps that they need to be in love with Jesus, to 
be pure and to know exactly what God expects of them. So on the outside, that seems like, wow, this is great. This teacher has all the answers. Let's go and hear what he has to say. But it it, it doesn't end well. Mm. And that was part of my story. I, I grew up under these teachings and I tried to follow these seven basic life principles that were put before me from Bill Gothard. And the more I tried to, to do these things, um, especially before I was a Christian, when I was raised in a Christian family, my parents were so faithful to teach me about salvation, not being by works. They showed me the love of Jesus and they were very fun parents. And I, I had a great childhood. But in the midst of that, me trying to cling to these outward things to gain me favor with God because of this teacher, that really confused me and sure. also made me a very fearful person because mm-hmm. this teacher would say, if you followed my principles, then your life will be a success. But if you don't, then your life will be one disaster after another. Wow. And so I was very fearful. I was just like, okay, I want to know what God expects of me. So I'm trying to do all this stuff, but my heart wasn't changed from the inside out. It wasn't transformed by a love for Christ. It wasn't transformed by wanting to desire to do those things to please God and being transformed first. I love the verse you shared in your book. You're like, first clean the inside of the cup and then the outside of the cup will be clean, right? And it's so, this is what I love about your book is this isn't just ginger going, hey, I was born in this family that had, you know, very strict rules, guidelines for success and and their family is very successful, right? So you go, okay, and these kids all look great and they're sharp and talented and gifted, but the inside of the cup has got to get cleaned first. God's like, I draw the line at your heart. And so when you shared that in there, I was like, whoa, because you hadn't seen any differently. So you Mm -hmm. just kept shining up the outside and performing. And you do have so many gifts and talents from God that you like were pulling it off. I mean, you'd written books before this book, but this is the book everyone needs to read. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's interesting. There's such common grace within being raised in a Christian setting where I, I see the common grace of God and like you can have such good morals, which are awesome. It's great to be a great moral person. But like you said, if your heart is not transformed by the the, the Lord causing you to walk in his ways, because out of a love for God, I, I would want to do nothing more than to obey. But whenever it's switched and the teacher tells you that these things can gain you favor with God, regardless mm. of what religion you're in, that's a problem. So right. That's where I feel like it was it was backwards. And so that that's where I felt really compelled to share this story because I know that so many other young people, whether they were raised in a Christian family or not, or were in a setting where a teacher claimed to speak for God but didn't, they need to hear this story as well because I feel like so many people can just relate to it and mm-hmm. hopefully would be helped and come to know what true transformation is being saved by Jesus. Yeah, you don't have to be in a cult Mm -mm. to realize that we're all in a cult. We all bow Mm -hmm. down and worship something. And I love what, you know, um, what comes to our mind, A.W. Tozer said this, what comes to our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. But when Mm. you're thrown into a performance-driven situation that you have to have God love you and get favor with God in order to please God, that would mean God has favorites and that's impossible. Mm -hmm. God loves us equally. He does not like the sin. He hates the sin, but he doesn't have favorites. 
We were all made in his image. He just gave us free will. And I feel like your free will was kind of taken away as a child in your innocence of, of course, obeying your parents and being honoring and raising and loving your brother and sister, loving your neighbor. I mean, I call clean the inside of the cup verse in my life when I was frosting a manure cake. Mm. I'd bring the yes. cake. Everyone would want to eat that cake. It looks beautiful, but don't cut into it. It's pure crap inside. Yeah. And yeah. God had to totally do heart surgery, you know, mm-hmm. with me and give me a new nature. But I always would go, no, God loves me more than them. I mean, I, mm. I'm this or that. No, actually, he doesn't. He doesn't want any mm-hmm. of us to perish. Why do you think he's so patient and hasn't like already dropped the bomb and ripped open the sky? so that we all yeah. can come to a saving knowledge of him. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing, the free gift of God and, and sending Jesus, the perfect son of God, in our place to die for our sins. And none of us, it doesn't matter, yeah, if you grew up in a Christian home or if you grew up totally not knowing about Jesus. Like one of my friends now has, I just recently met this woman who totally wasn't raised in a Christian home and she had like never been to church and she's an adult, you know, and it's like, her love for Christ is inspiring to me because it's such childlike faith. She's like just learning about Jesus. Mm. But I was raised in a Christian home. And when I came to the Lord, maybe I had more knowledge about the Bible, which was a gift, but it's just so beautiful, beautiful because in the body of Christ, like we're growing and we're learning together. And it's such a sweet gift to see that. Like it's not, even once you're saved, it's not like you're performance that's that is um driving all this it's like i just want to love jesus i want to know god's word more i want to love the lord no matter what stage or season of life you're in it's just such a beautiful gift to know and love jesus Mm. it's interesting how simple god's like my yoke is easy my burden's light follow me Mm -hmm. not follow Mm -hmm. you know XYZ, this dude, right. Gother, whatever his name is. It's like, it's like, God, you know, I told you to follow me. Right. And mm-hmm. for you, it was so performance based. And you do have a lot of secret sauce that God's given you. You know, you, you could pull it off, is what I'm saying. And how sad is that? I think one of the saddest verses in the Bible is when it says, many people are going to say, Lord, Lord, at the end of their life. Those are people who think they're Christians. That's not someone mm-hmm. that's Buddhist or something. Those people mm-hmm. aren't going, Lord, Lord. And he's going to say, depart from me. Mm-hmm. I never knew you. Those mm-hmm. who practice lawlessness. And God was not done with your story. He needed you to go through this so you actually could shine the light on how narrow this road is that few find. To me, mm-hmm. I feel like Bill, is it Gothard? Is that how you say it? Gothard, Gothard. Yes. I feel like he, it was so easy for him to use very clever verses, right? Like narrow is the road, few find it. And you're like, see, no one's wearing all skirts all day long and no one's living like we are. And no one is committed to these, you know, events you would go to. And it's more of a narrow road if you looked at the whole world, right? And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. we must be doing it right. Because wide is the road that leads to destruction and everyone in Los Angeles is partying on it, right? And yet mm-hmm. that's not what God meant, you know? It's like, yeah, narrow is the road. But let me tell you something. There is only one way to the Father, and it's through Jesus. And his blood is sufficient. It literally forgives us of all. I mean, there's not one good among us. It's like trying Mm -hmm. to be such a good person, and there's there's no such thing. Mm -hmm. I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I've coveted. 
You know, it says you can look at a man and commit adultery in your heart, right? I mean, like you can go down the Ten Commandments and I'm so guilty. And it's like, this is why the good news now is the good news. And I feel like mm-hmm. your book just does this beautiful job of allowing people wherever they are. I don't want people to think, oh, I don't need to read that book. I wasn't in like a religious cult. Oh, no, you are. It, it might be called YouTube. It might be called Netflix. It might be called you're ambitious in your job. It might be you're a fitness fanatic. You're addicted to something that is literally usurping God from his rightful place right now. And you're mm-hmm. putting that thing on it. Ginger's just been bold enough to call it out. Like, amen. I am so mm-hmm. proud of you and your husband. Isn't that neat how God delivered him for you? Will you share that, how you guys yes. met? Mm-hmm. Yes. It was such a sweet gift from God because I was totally wrapped up in these teachings thinking that Bill Gothard's words were almost the words of God. See? So I would follow oh. his teachings so closely. And I, it, once I was saved at the age of 14, I had a heart change where the Lord had changed my heart and my desires and my affections. All I wanted to do was please the Lord and love the, love the word of God and share Jesus with my friends who didn't know anything about him. So that was something that changed. But at that time, I was still following these teachings of Bill Gothard. So I thought that's how I'm pleasing God. That's that's how I'm going to grow in holiness and in righteousness is by keeping these principles at the forefront of my mind. So it wasn't until my brother-in-law, Ben, came on the scene. He was talking to my Thank sister, you, Jessa. Ben. Ben for the win. Ben (laughs) for the win. Yes. So Ben came on the scene and he was talking to my sister, Jessa, and he said that how we handle the word of God matters. So he wouldn't just pick a verse out of context and make it say whatever he wanted. He would just like read the Bible as a whole and say, okay, what was the context? When was this written? And he really handled the word of God in a different way than I had seen. And, And I got to visit alongside my sister because I was chaperoning them, which was another part of our Mm. setting with courtship and all of that. But that was a gift from God looking back because I was there on the front row with them and I would get to go to his church and just hear such solid teaching, which really was helpful for me. And I saw how they handled the word of God and they would talk about their differences because Ben was not raised in the same setting we were. Right. But anything that came up, like it didn't matter what little thing it was, he would just go back to the Bible and let the Bible speak for itself. Not just like, oh, what did Bill Gothard say? But like, well, let's see what the Bible said. And so Ben came on the scene and Jessa married him and it was awesome. (laughs) And then, but it wasn't until later, whenever I met my now amazing husband, Jeremy, he was uh, raised also outside of Bill Gothard. He knew nothing about Bill Gothard. Yeah, so neither did I. Scene. I had never, it's crazy. like, who is this well, person? Yeah. Yeah. So he came on the scene knowing nothing about that. And uh, it was a, it was amazing because whenever we started finally talking, he would just turn on these seminars. My dad said, I want you to watch 60 plus hours at Bill Gothard seminars before you guys can move forward in your relationship. So Jeremy started listening through these seminars. We listened through them together. We were long distance in a relationship. So we just like late nights on the phone, listening to these seminars, watching them together. Wow. He would pause it and that say- That man's in love with you. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm like, he, I, he I could take amazing. maybe six minutes of this guy. Like he is <laughs> in love with you. It yeah. crazy. So he, he started listening, knowing not, nothing about this guy. I think, okay, maybe he says he's a Bible teacher. He listened a couple of minutes and was like, 
wow, this is crazy. So we would pause it like every 10 seconds and say, what did, what did Bill Gothard just say? And then mm. we would open our Bibles. Well, what does the Bible say about that? Mm. And it was the opposite. Like every, every 10 to 30 seconds, it was like, there was something crazy this guy said that was actually opposite of the Bible. And for instance, like there was a one time he told this woman, before you can come to God, you need to do my steps, my three steps, do these steps, because you got to clean up your mess of a life before you, you can't bring Jesus into this mess. So clean it up and then come to Jesus. How many people listening to that right now think they can't even walk into a church or ask someone about anything because of the mess in their life? How sad is that, right? Yes, it's so sad. So so you you paused it there, right? You paused it there. And the crazy thing was, I was just like, how did I not see this before? Because I would watch those teachings just about every year from the age of 12 up. And I guess I just totally missed that. And as soon as I heard that, I said, that is opposite of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Jesus, his own blood, he shed for us helpless sinners who could do nothing to gain favor with him. And here this man is saying, don't bring Jesus into this mess. Mm. That was so, it was a jarring moment, really, realizing the level of deception of Bill Gothard that he had pulled over so many people who genuinely loved Jesus, but it was just so crazy. So that was the moment where I was like, wow, how crazy are these teachings that are not founded in the Bible? So it really was eye-opening and a light bulb moment that God used to let me see that that was error. And so from that point on, I just started opening the Bible and seeing what the Bible said Mm -hmm. about all these convictions I thought were true and genuine in my heart, which my heart was in the right place. I wanted to glorify Jesus, but I would just kind of take Bill Gothard's words and say like, okay, if he says that drums are bad, drums are bad. If he says that I should have as many kids as possible, that's what I should do. But I started actually examining these things to see if they were in the Bible. And some things were because some some things were just, you know, basic truths of scripture. But then there were things that were so backwards right. where I had to just, it's taken years of me disentangling, taking out the truth from the error and clinging to the word of God is my only hope and the truth for my soul. Because mm. when you read a verse like this in the Bible, and again, I agree with you. I think you should read the whole love letter. So those of you who are listening, go to the Gospels. If you've never, mm-hmm. you know, download mm-hmm. the Bible app. If you need a Bible, you know that we'll send you one. All you have to do is, is message us. We will send you a Bible. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the Gospels. And I love how the Bible says, don't add anything to the word of God or take anything Mm -hmm. out of it. That is very Mm -hmm. powerful so that when you are reading it and here at at 14, when you decided, you know what, this isn't going to be my family's faith because at first it was kind of your family's faith and a hit TV Mm -hmm. show on top of it, right? So you're like, I get... I get accolades from this, you know, and I'm known for this and I want to be a great representative of Christ because he picked me to be a part of this amazing family and you do have an amazing family and yet we all suck and need a savior. There's not one good among us, right? And so you taking this journey, I feel like when you actually gave your life to Christ as a 14-year-old, God gave you eyes to see and ears to hear. He was preparing you for Jeremy. And for mm-hmm. himself and yeah. the ministry that you guys are now mm. together running. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you had your like cave moment, like David, you know, you're in there young, you know, he takes down Goliath, you're on this hit show. And then now he's like, okay, but you're going to the palace now, Esther, here we go. Because mm-hmm. you're kind of a modern day Esther. 
Because mm. if not you to speak up, who's going to do it, Ginger? Who's going to do it? It's crazy. So I think that's where you just see, I saw my weakness all the more like whenever it was time to speak on this because I saw, man, I am the last person who wants to speak on these things. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm but a, you're very good. the type yes. of person by nature <laughs> is kind. By nature, I'm, I'm more of just go with the flow, don't ruffle any feathers. But I saw this as such a necessity because of the freedom that I had knowing what God's word actually said. It just relieved those burdens. Like you said, my my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Mm. That was something that was so helpful for me just to see God as father and to see him as a loving heavenly father. Because within Bill Gothard's teaching, he would teach things that would be like, I'm just waiting to smite you. Even as a child of God, like God's waiting for you to step outside of a box. That way he can say, ha, gotcha. Isn't that a horrible way to live? Oh my God. Every yeah. step, like, every I'm thought, holding my everything. Breath as saying it. yes. It's the opposite of Jesus. Oh, yeah. Everything. It is. It is the opposite. She, and so that's what Bill Gothard was yeah. so, Bill Gothard was so comfortable placing burdens on people that he himself couldn't even carry. He himself couldn't even keep up. And so once I saw that there is a difference, that the love of Christ, that is what controls us as believers. That's what keeps us from sin. And loving God and knowing him is a gift. It's a special thing. And that we don't have to have this as believers. There's a fear of God, which is like an awe and reverence, but the terror Mm -hmm. of God, once you're in Christ, that terror is gone. That, that fear of death is gone. That, that relationship with Jesus is a beautiful gift. Yes. When I sin, my heart is heavy because I want to I want to love Jesus. Oh Lord, forgive me. Help me not to do that because my heart longs to love Jesus. Right. But at the same time, that that was not what Bill Gothard would teach. Once I came out of that, that way of thinking that was so damaging, I wanted to share that. And as I have to share this, like I can't stay silent about something that Amen. I see is just affecting so many people. Because if it's not Bill Gothard, it's another teacher. There's That's always right. going to be another right. teacher There's who is going to come universities out there. Yeah. out there. There's so much. I mean, yes, everywhere, yeah, we, everywhere, turn everywhere we turn it's nowadays. It's so sad. Yes. But realizing that Jesus is, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He That's is right. the anchor of our soul. Even mm. if everyone turns against us, it's okay because we have Christ. So that's what the story that I really wanted to share. And um, I was grateful that the Lord gave me the strength to to open up and finally speak about it. I think the beauty <laughs> in, in hearing you speak is you became a critical thinker because you understood mm-hmm. who was really in control of your life. And it wasn't Bill. It's mm-hmm. not even Jeremy, right? As wives, we need to be so yeah. careful that when you have a, I'm married to an am- amazing amazing man also. We've married 33 years, got married at 21 years old. He had a cute button, loved Jesus. So I knew everything at 21. (laughs) But luckily for me, Bryce was the real deal. And I was raised in a Mm. home unlike yours that had to look good. I because I was a raised Italian, you know, you don't you don't share anything that's going on behind your doors. So I had to hide all that was actually going on with my parents Mm. so that we would look good at church because my parents were very popular yeah. there. And so it, mm-hmm. it really screwed me up because I was missing heaven by 18 inches the, from my brain to my heart. I had head knowledge like you did about God. And yet we both were in a weird cult. 
It's weird. Mm. Mine looked freer than yours, but I was in the same thing. I would have been the mm-hmm. one who died and went, Lord, Lord, I know every Bible verse. I won the candy at VBS. I'd go to GMG every Wednesday, girls meeting God. I went to church camp. I wasn't having sex. I wasn't drinking. I did wear pants sometimes. I know Bill wouldn't have let me in, but <laughs> praise God that he cared so much for us mm. that you mm-hmm. and I would even be able to speak about this stuff, but I love how you share how to disentangle our faith Mm -hmm. because a lot of people listening right now, this is something that it just got tangled. You can disentangle this. I can be walking one way like you were, Ginger, and hear the truth of God's word, the gospel. His love came just flooding into your heart and you turned and walked in another direction. Mm. You don't need to sit in that for 10 years and go, I know, but I've done this, so I'm just going to have to stay with this, and I'm just going to go, I I, I don't know how to get out of it. God's like, no, no, I can set you free today. Right Mm -hmm. now, you can begin again. We can begin again. I want to just ask something about Jeremy for a second, okay, because how 60 plus hours of BG, right? And then how did he, in your book, you talk about him meeting with your dad once, he'd meet with him once a week. Yeah, so he did that for about five and a half months. Oh my Before gosh. we could talk. So once we before we started talking, he did that for about five and a half months, just my dad getting to know him, asking him lots of questions about theology, all of that stuff. And so they talked for a while and then that after that time, then my parents were like, Oh yeah, okay, now you guys can start talking. So Jeremy is such he is such a sweet, godly man. He loves Jesus more than anything. Um, he was actually at that time he was overseeing a church. He was pastoring it for a while before I came down and joined him. And yeah, that was I guess he was there in in Laredo, Texas, for about two and a half years. And then once we got married, I was there for two and a half years with him in Texas while he was pastoring a very small church plant. So that was such a sweet time. That was a neat little season for you because I feel like what you shared in your book was even how some of the members of the church, like the ladies, especially when you have a small church, everyone knows who you are when you walk in, right? And then put on the fact that you're on a, you know, hit TLC show. But women would ask you to go to lunch and you're like, you would go back to your performance, like, I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to say anything wrong. So I I just won't even speak. I love how you share that. Yeah, I wrestled through so much social anxiety in those days because I think being uh, there were a couple different factors, but being in the public eye, it, it does uh, some like a lot of times I feel like it affects how you feel like people view you a certain way, maybe because they they saw you a certain way on the show, and you feel like you almost have to live in that character, <laughs> or maybe it's just not knowing how to relate to people in a normal way because maybe I was homeschooled and I felt like I don't know as much as other people or you feel like socially awkward because of that or whatever it may have been in that season. I think I took all of that with me whenever I moved away from family for the first time ever when I got married and then being in a very small church plant where I'm the pastor's wife. Yeah, There was a lot of that that I just, I was thinking more about myself. Like I was trying to think about others, but at the same time, I was like, how do they view me? Do they accept me here? Do they not want me here? What's the thing? Everyone was so kind and gracious and welcoming. But as a young woman walking into that, I was so anxious and I was so fearful. And it wasn't until we left and came to California 
that I looked back on those years and I was sad. I love how you said that in your book. Yeah. Oh, I missed out on so many awesome opportunities that that God had given me in that time. And yes, I developed relationships with people, but they weren't as deep or as um, meaningful as I wish they would have been. And so being here, I've really wanted to make it a point to be intentional about relationships and having those older godly women in my life that I love and, and look up to, to spend time with them and the younger women to like be around them and us in the same season with kids, like just having them into my messy house and not feeling like I have to have it all perfect. So there, there are those elements where we can always perform and realizing I don't need to do that. And right. by the way, everyone listening does this in one form or another. And if you think you don't, you do it even more than all of us. So just so you know, I'm saying that in love, Splash family. But I love when you said when you came to LA, God brought you Joey and Kenzie, like from Venice Beach, right? Yes. So you end up making friends with these people. And this is what God does because we are so all of us are so contagiously connected. That's how God wants us to look, right? Be the ear, be the mm-hmm. toe, be the... And mm-hmm. so here you get Joey and Kenzie. They're from LA and they meet little Miss Ginger, right? <laughs> Can you imagine? And they <laughs> yeah. instantly have this connection. It's a family bond, mm-hmm. actually, straight from heaven. They look different. Yes. You know, she's got the nose ring. He's got the tattoos. But guess what they all had in common? Yes. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus yep. and they and they hold each other accountable. I love the verse in Proverbs: "Faithful are the wounds of a friend; wicked are the kisses of your enemies." Mm-hmm. Right? And you're doing life with yes. them now in LA. Mm-hmm. And the good, the bad, they see the warts. You don't have to perform. You can have dishes. You cannot have the laundry done. You can just want to oh, yes. order in sometimes. You're not going to cook anything. I mean, you can cry. You can yell. It's like this is the church. Yes. Until Christ returns, mm. we're just visiting here. Like, this isn't our yes. home. You know what I mean? Like, I'm exiting. My life's a vapor. I, I did, Barbara and I both wanted to know, though, how is your family members, how how are they doing with you today? Because I know you share in the book a little bit, and you're so honoring. Are you able to, because, you know, it says leave and cleave. Like, not to be rude. There's 19 of you. And I know that you can't see everybody every day. You must have a birthday every freaking month, right? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but... You know, a birthday or five or, or five, right? Or five, you know. <laughs> but coming now with Jeremy being here, God's has you guys in Los Angeles. How does that look now with your family? Because I mean, you guys were like inseparable. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy growing up in such a, a close family. It was tough for me just to move to Texas. I was excited because I always wanted to live. You know, like I, I always thought I would move away when I got married. Like me personally. But um, once I went to do that, I was like, whoa, this is like, it's, it's tough. But I think it's been good because Jeremy and I have been able to grow together more. And we really are each other's best friends. And it's so Amen. sweet to have that. And then like our family, um, I know writing this book, I was worried, like, how is everyone going to receive it? I wanted to write it in a way that was hopefully sharing my story in a loving way. And then at the same time, you have to speak truth, which sometimes hurts. In love, yes. But realizing that I don't have any hard feelings being raised in this. I see how people can believe this because I myself was such a rule follower. I love these teachings. And so I can see how people believe it. And my my heart goes out to people who are still there in that setting. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to share it in a way that was hopefully, by God's grace, honoring and loving And so I think my family, like some of them have responded better than others, but a lot of them have been more appreciative and said, yes, I'm on this journey as well. I want to love Jesus more. And so it's been really encouraging in that. And so my family, like 
quite a few of them come out to visit. Um, and we were just back in Arkansas just about maybe a couple months ago or a month ago, um, visiting my family, which was really sweet to see everyone. And yeah, so my siblings are coming out next week to visit. Mm, about three, only only three of them. So but, <laughs> I'm like, do you need but, to borrow my house, Ginger? What do you need? Yeah, you know. <laughs> so only a couple of them are coming out, but I I'm so grateful that I still have really close relationships with most of my siblings. I love that. We're so grateful. I want to end though with a question that I think most people listening, I don't want to confuse anybody because there are so many religions. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a relationship with Jesus, by the way. I'm not religious, but what does it mean to have freedom in Christ? Uh, What, Mm. what I know we kind of shared a little bit about what it used to mean, right? (laughs) Yeah. For the way you were raised, but I don't want a listener to miss the gospel. It's like, mm-hmm. if we miss this, we lose. There's only one thing we need mm-hmm. to get right on earth, okay? And that's to know and follow hard after Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if we miss that because we're trying to do behaviorism or or serve at a church or be on a mission trip, like that stuff doesn't save us. But I want yeah. you to share what it means to have freedom in Christ. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I used to think that freedom was having all these rules that would keep me from sin and doing all this mm. stuff to gain me favor with God. But I no longer see it that way. I And I also don't see that freedom is throwing off all restraints and running to do whatever the world says is Correct. good. Amen. And yes. so there's, there's a balance of the balance is knowing God's word, running to the Lord in our brokenness, in our sin, and realizing that we can't do anything to gain favor with God. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. There's no one who's righteous on earth and that we all need a savior. And Jesus came to earth. He lived a perfect life that I could never live. And he died on the cross for our sins and he rose again and he is seated in heaven. And if anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm -hmm. So repenting of our sins, trusting in the savior, That is the beautiful message of the gospel, the hope of Christ that we have. We have the hope of heaven, but Mm. not only the hope of heaven, because if it stopped there, that would be great. But having a relationship with Jesus today, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, knowing God, knowing his word, having that relationship through the ups and downs of life Mm. that we will all face, knowing that we have an eternal hope. And we have that relationship with God today through his word, through prayer, through knowing God. It's such a sweet thing that I would hope for anyone listening today, that if you don't know the Lord, that you would just stop and repent of your sins and believe in Jesus. Mm, amen. Beautiful. Amen. amen. Well said. <laughs> and you also can reach out and share if you just did that, because let me tell mm-hmm. you something, there is no better decision to make in your life than mm-hmm. to choose Jesus. Mm-hmm. Tell us how our listeners can keep up with you. You can go to our website, gingerandjeremy.com. That's J-I-N-G-E-R, That's gingerandjeremy.com right. <laughs> or on Instagram at gingervolo. Perfect. And that's V-U-O-L-O. Yes. Yes. And we're going to put that all up on our Instagram too. And, and the book, Becoming Free Indeed. Yes. Don't yes. miss it. Get it today. Yep. Ginger, thank you for thank just you, Ginger. splashing us with thank love, laughter, so and encouragement. You are a blessing. I hope I live on your street in heaven one day. Um, <laughs> you're so fun. I love it. Thanks, and to our lady. listeners, we love you. And I'm. you know what? Splash a little truth 
in your face today. Don't be looking to the sides of you. I want you to look right in the mirror and allow God to reveal himself to you and all the things that are tangling you and disentangling you in your life that could maybe trip you up from the race that God actually wants you running, fixing your eyes on him, the author and perfecter of our faith. Thanks, everybody. We love you. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com.